The Essential NBA Newsletter is here. It's me, Zach Harper, and I'm bringing you the top NBA storylines each day, along with insider news from Shams Tarania and expert analysis from the Athletic NBA staff. It's all straight to your inbox for free with The Bounce. Sign up now for free at theathletic.com slash bounce newsletter. Hello listeners, before you get into the latest PS5 episode, I'm here to let you know that each week you could get this episode and all other episodes ad-free and up to three days early. Not only that, you can also gain access to Patreon-exclusive PlayStation shows that focus on sales numbers, all-time lists, showcase predictions and more. Head over to www.patreon.com forward slash latest PS5 or click the link in the description to join our PlayStation community and show your support. Now, enjoy the show. Incredibly exciting. It's really about as a developer, that's an amazing feeling to have. Good evening, everybody, or good day, everybody, and welcome to episode 134 of the latest PS5 podcast. I'm your host, Sonny Sanger. We've got a lot to talk about this week. There's been a massive, relevant update in the Microsoft-Sony Activision saga, which we're going to get into. Tekken 8 is on our mind, and another character, an iconic character, has had a gameplay video shown. We're going to speak about that. PSVR 2 is officially out, but there's more games announced. We're going to talk about that. And of course... Sony predicted a sales milestone before the end of the year, and it has been achieved, which we'll get into later. And who better to talk all that with than my co-host, Mr. Alex Sylvester. How you doing, Alex? I'm all right, man. How's it going? How's it going? I'm so ill. It is unbelievable. If we recorded this last night, like if we recorded this earlier in the week, people were like, where's the show? Oh, we've been dying this week, but we wanted to bring you a show anyway. Um, (laughs) The original plan for patreons was to have this on thursday and also have our last of us review but we're bumping that to friday we're also going to do a state of play live reaction um on friday as well uh well we're going to do it during on thursday but it'll go live on friday but anyway what have you been playing this past week mate uh we've all the hype of um zelda tears of the kingdom being leaked all elements of it i've been diving back into for the world <laughs> so i've been running around and showing the boys what a true uh first party game looks like uh triple a obviously i think it's probably like a quadruple a game at this point but yeah i've been smashing that game and it's, it's still an amazing game dude it's still absolutely amazing i'm looking forward to the next one well um they would have caught it all at four frames per second and the most important thing is listeners don't listen to anything alex says he says it with a smile on his face we've got audio proof that he said Horizon is one of the best games he's ever seen in it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, that is not there visually. It's not there visually. It's not there visually. You know what I mean? And I cannot wait to see. I cannot wait, dude, how just to see how diabolically bad this draw distance is to keep this game running on the OG Switch. I don't know how they're going to do it. They're going to turn around and say, you're going to need cloud. You're going to need a nuclear uh, fusion reactor on the back of your Switch as well. You're going to need tether it to your whole street's Wi-Fi just to get it. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You know, it's not all about graphics, man. You know, if you got good gameplay, you got a good game. Not, man, have you seen this game? It don't even look like like half the game is not even run on Switch that are like third party. Right? And I look yeah. at Zelda and I'm like, 
Yeah, that's gonna that really it. not look good on a switch when it's a portable, you know what I mean? Yeah, look at that. I mean it's like it's gonna be an amazing game, an amazing experience when it comes out. And yeah, it might struggle to run on some switch consoles, <laughs> but um, it's still gonna be sick. And I was well, everyone crazy about the leaks that came out recently, but we won't go into those today. I know that's crazy. But uh anyway, before we move on to the news, uh what have I been playing? Same as last week, football manager and Hogwarts. <laughs> Loving Hogwarts, great game, um, and uh, highly recommend it to anybody who likes Harry Potter. You know what I mean? Um, people who don't like the one of the game and put like guns in place of the ones. Have you seen that? It's nah, but you know, it is, it's just got it's just so smart and it's got the magic of Hogwarts in it. You know what I mean? It is a good game and it's different. And if you know Harry Potter lore and that, it doesn't even matter if you don't, because it's set before the Harry Potter film, so. You don't need to know Harry Potter lore to enjoy the game. But if you do know Harry Potter lore, you'll enjoy it more. So highly recommended to those who do know Harry Potter and those who have never been introduced to Harry Potter. Um, it is just a fun fantasy-based game. You know what I mean? And it's different, which is great. Uh, but Demi, what is your game recommendation this week? Another week, another game recommendation. Excuse the absences of the game recommendations for the past couple of weeks. I've just been too busy playing Hogwarts. But I'm back and this week my game recommendation is dedicated to PSVR 2, seeing as it launches this week. The game is Pistol Whip. Now, did you own Pistol Whip, one of my favourite VR games ever, for the PSVR? Well... Put away your wallet because you're getting the PSVR 2 port for free, complete with all the DLC like 2089 and Smoke and Thunder that have come out in subsequent years, plus the promise of future free DLC down the line. And if you're a new headset owner, you owe it to yourself to buy this stylized John Wick-esque simulator. It's essentially a standing on rail shooter where foes pop into existence around you and you must dodge their bullets while shooting and pistol whipping them yourself, accompanied by a catchy EDM soundtrack. While there's plenty of movement to get you sweating because the action faces in one direction, you can consistently keep the wire behind you as you play so it isn't disruptive. The PSVR 2 port of the Pistol Whip adds 4K visuals, 3D audio and sense haptics that respond to your shots and strikes. You'll also benefit from the controller's adaptive triggers which let you queue up shots with the natural trigger resistance before finally firing when a foe comes to view PlayStation. and I, th- I think we could pretty much guess that she was going to go psvr2 this week you know what i mean with her recommendation with that launch of psvr2 finally happening but alex speaking of finally happening we're almost at the finally happening stage when it comes to our big story which we have covered right from the get-go from the moment of announcement to now this is where we feel like we're getting into the meat of it. If things are actually moving forward, listeners, get ready, sit down for number one. I got my mind set on you. I got my mind set on you. I got my mind set on you. Got my mind set on you. But it's gonna take a money. Okay, in its continued effort to seem like the underdog in the gaming industry, Microsoft claimed to the EU and a panel of national antitrust officials today 
that globally, Sony's PlayStation represents 70% of the console market share compared to Xbox's 30%. For Europe, Microsoft claims that the difference is 80-20 in the favor of Sony. In Japan, 96-4 in favor of Sony. Of course, it's important to note that these numbers seem to represent a world where Nintendo has 0% console market share or simply that Microsoft didn't include Nintendo's share to greater show a contrast between it and Sony. Microsoft said these numbers have been remarkably steady for two decades. Even last year, when there were issues with Sony's supply chain, they came back strong, said Microsoft's Brad Smith. Regulators is not here to protect super-dominant companies, believe me, I know, added Smith. (laughs) Mm -hmm. On top of presenting these numbers to the EU, Microsoft also announced a closure of deals with both NVIDIA and Nintendo to bring its games, including COD, to the Nintendo Switch and GeForce Now should the deal go through. These deals are meant to signify just how willing Microsoft is to make its titles available to all players and not hold all this new IP it would get in the Activision Blizzard acquisition under Xbox exclusivity. Alex, this is hilarious because obviously a lot of people um, like press were allowed into the room while Microsoft uh, done their presentation, which also had Sony, Google, NVIDIA, and other companies in attendance. And GameIndustry.biz, who have done really great coverage of this, have said that it was like watching six-year-olds run a company with theatrics with envelopes showing, here is a contract, just sign it, da 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 <laughs> but we're getting to the meat of it now, you know what I mean? And obviously, this is the stages. Now, the big one is obviously the UK regulator um, that don't don't appreciate theatrics and don't appreciate um, all these silly things and want hard numbers. But it's quite interesting because they said Sony represents 80-20 in Japan and then 70-30 worldwide. And I thought, well, what, where, what, where's that come from? Because you're being outsold in America as well and everywhere else in the world. So it would surely increase by a little bit in percentages, but I just love how the fact that in Microsoft's world, Nintendo is not a company that doesn't exist, you know, but in the same presentation, oh, we signed a 10-year exclusivity with them, which is a big, it's like, you can't pick and choose where to put companies in your presentation. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's weird. I think it was, a, if, I don't think it was the Microsoft, I think it was the CMAs. Anyway, they, they misclassed Nintendo, even though they do have like the majority of the share right now. But um, but yeah, either either way, um, I'm glad that they've actually managed to do that deal with Nintendo to show um that yeah, card can go on anything, including Nintendo Switch or even a successor, which was also redacted, um, from the documents, uh, which a lot of people are going, all the fanboys are going really crazy over because obviously that's given indication to next uh, Nintendo's next move, um, hmm. but yeah, at the end of the day. Microsoft's got the deal, you know, Sony just needs to accept, and right now they just sound like kids fighting in a playground, like you said earlier, and Sony should just, like, just put up and shut up, really, just sign the deal. <laughs> just, like, you just know what? You <laughs> I would, I would, I would, if I was them, I would be go to the last wire and just get the best deal you can now, because obviously... Nintendo have signed this 10-year agreement. They've tried, they've got it onto NVIDIA to help with obviously this is to try and cover the cloud streaming service and stuff. And as we spoke about last week, every time Microsoft they offer more, they offer more. And I think if I'm Sony now, I would look at it and think, okay, what else you got besides COD? You know what I mean? It's not just about Call of Duty anymore. Like you just push the fucking ban. Microsoft are obviously absolutely opening their legs desperate to get this deal done. If I'm Sony now, I'll be like, okay, do you know what? 
I'll take COD for 10 years because we know what you're going to do in 10 years time. You're going to take it away from NVIDIA. You're going to take it away from everywhere because it will only then, because no one can say what you can and can't do when these contracts are up or you'll offer extortionate prices to get keep it on your, those services. But I'll be like, all right then, let's talk Starfield as well. Let's talk uh, this. Let's talk that. If, if Microsoft turn around and say Halo, then I'll be like, yeah, I don't want the deal. You can keep Halo. We'll just take COD, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, we're at that stage now where it is just like, let's get this finally done. What is it going to take to get it over the line? They're practically offering it on PlayStation Plus. Do you know what I mean? But again, it's just one of those things where money talks and it's going to take a big deal to get through because obviously we've heard third-party companies like Take-Two and EA have had their say on it now and some are happy, some are not. But it's one of those things where I was thinking about it the other day if you're Sony now and you're thinking, I can see what they think. Because Sony have been great over the last two generations of tying up things like Final Fantasy or getting uh, Deathloop when it wasn't uh, part of Microsoft and things like that. In 10 years' time, Alex, if Nintendo sign, let's say, another third-party action game a la new IP like Bayonetta, the Switch is more powerful, it is competing with these generation consoles, or Sony turn around and they're like, yeah, you know, we're going to um, purchase Final Fantasy, or we, we're funding Silent Hill 2, this is 10 years down, like Silent Hill 4, or Metal Gear Solid 10, or whatever like that. When it's 10 years, Microsoft can turn around, and I thought they, they would have the power to say to, I mean, in 10 years, they could turn around to Nintendo and say, COD's been selling millions and millions of copies, on switch we want pokemon or we want a copy of mario our version of mario Kart. oh no okay well our 10-year lease is coming up now you know what i mean this is how much it'll cost for call of duty now or to sony yeah well what's all this exclusivity with final fantasy you know what i mean well if you carry on doing that or if you tie it down to a lifetime exclusive deal then you don't get cod when the contract runs up or this is now the price for cod when the new contract comes up you know there's a lot of power because Microsoft are playing the long ball. You don't pay $70 billion to just do it in the short term. They are thinking 15 years down the line. You know what I mean? And I just find it really interesting because I know Minecraft is one of them, but Minecraft is a different ball game. That's not even a video game anymore. That is a lifestyle. That is a service. You know what I mean? That is literally social that's like facebook twitter instagram that's more in that area you know what i mean minecraft trend has transcended video game people use that not to even to play the game you know what i mean and it's just it's absolutely madness but i think that's and and that made me realize what the uk regulator and obviously the american regulator were talking about when they were saying that it's not about what's happening now it's about the power in their hands down the line because if you're the big thing in the industry is streaming. It's in its infancy. NVIDIA are trying to grow it. There's no, at the moment, there's no Microsoft games on there. You know, um, other streaming companies are trying to grow it as well. And a big thing for that is Call of Duty, is um, other games that Activision do. And in 10 years time, where because it is going to take that long for infrastructure to get to a decent, real decent place to play 60 frames HDR, blah, 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 blah or 120 frames by that point, mm. then that's where Microsoft are looking like, Heh, Maverick, we got you. This is our IP. I mean, who knows? COD might be dead by then. We don't know. Anything can happen. I mean, who would have thought Halo would be in a state that it is now, or even at one point, Battlefield, which was COD's competitor. Look where it is. It doesn't exist anymore, hardly. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, what's your thoughts down the line 
Because obviously, um, I think Microsoft is planning. I think Microsoft actually has a deal with, um, is it with the army, like the U.S. military? You know, so and in a combination of that, uh, that deal as well as their Chat GPT uh, involvement, you know, with AI. Imagine if they're able to combine these these IPs, you know, such as card, you know, with ChatGPT and AI, and have all that information ready, you know, for um, for military use. You know, this this could be one of the most um, well powerful tools, you know, for military training. And I think that's why Microsoft is really eager to get their hands onto this because it's it's more than just a game. You know what I mean? This is gonna shape. Uh, the minds of the future in terms of warfare, you know, so it's it's actually that serious. And I saw one article about it. I was like, yeah, that's that's actually pretty true. So um, I think it's going to go through Sony. Yeah, they can just wait for as long as they want, but it's it's in the bag, you know. Um, Microsoft's got the money for it. Remember, Microsoft could buy Sony like ten times over if they really needed to, but you know, if Sony want a bit more cash, they'll wait out a couple more months and maybe by April, hopefully, um, we'll have a we'll have the the ink. And the signature on the contract, but um, only time will tell. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Speaking of time, speaking of time, it's time. It's time. Yeah, it's yeah. time to talk about the biggest thing that's happened this week. Oh gosh, and this was like this is so exciting to see. But I mean, like, you know, it feels like Christmas. You know, like just like a surprise. Um, very rarely in the industry you get to be surprised by little just tidbits of information. And this week, uh was no exception uh, sorry about that you got the probably appeared the kids in the back they're ill believe it or not uh, but anyway um bandai namco games has dropped a new batch of tekken 8 gameplay for your viewing pleasure this time looking at returning character kazuya mishima who is a major player in the main story as he wages war on his son jin kazama uh, from the look of things, Kazuya has been seriously buffed for Tekken 8 with a slew of new moves to take advantage of the new heat system. His devil transformation plays a much bigger role in his gameplay, and it appears that he has also inherited some techniques from Heihachi and even Jin. Uh, Tekken 8 is currently in development for the PS5, PC, Xbox, everything except for the Switch, and a date has yet to be announced. But oh my gosh, it was just a joy seeing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just seeing how gorgeous the gameplay looks how gorgeous the moves looked i mean the the character models the little tweaks that they've made and you know they're they're making it um known obviously that it's it's, it's now fully running on Unreal engine 5 and this is going to be one of the showcase games of the year hopefully it's this year but i can't wait to play it man i just i just can't wait to play it i can't i don't i can't i don't like these teasers <laughs> you know what I mean? i'm hoping that when it comes to e3 uh, they're going to have a nice little surprise for us. We've got an actual official date. Um, but yeah, again, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm over the moon. I can't wait to see more clips. I can't wait to get my hands on the game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it looks stunning. It looked amazing. I love the particle effects. Yeah. And the lighting and everything. And, and, and just the combat has so much more oomph to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so much more weighty and meaty. So, oh yeah, I can't wait for that game. And I just cannot wait to forward you the gameplay trailer for Lily, and I'd be like, there, <laughs> look carefully at your future because this is it, you know? Uh, <laughs> I can't wait yeah, for that video whatever, to come out. You know I mean? hope that they take Lily out. She doesn't need to be in the game ever again. <laughs> she's, just, <laughs> she's completely unbalanced. Forget it. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. 
The Essential NBA Newsletter is here. It's me, Zach Harper, and I'm bringing you the top NBA storylines each day, along with insider news from Shams Tarania and expert analysis from the Athletic NBA staff. It's all straight to your inbox for free with The Bounce. Sign up now for free at theathletic.com slash bounce newsletter. Hello, latest PS5 community. It's Demi, and I'm back with another shameless promo. If you enjoy listening to the latest gaming news each week, then you will absolutely love our YouTube channel. Over there, you will expect to see a variety of videos such as live reactions, predictions, gameplay, and so much more. Search latest PS5 podcast in YouTube or click the link in the description. Also, while you're at it, help to support our channel by subscribing so you never miss a video. Do it right now subscribe right now i'm watching you i'm gonna give you zero seconds to subscribe done it good back to the show it's ridge racer ridge racer remember that one so this is number three sony interactive entertainment has announced that psvr2 launch window has been expanded with an additional nine more games this brings the total number of games confirmed for the system to over 40 this year. Here are the games. I'm just going to blitz through this. Cool. Another Fisherman's Tale. Another Fisherman's Tale is a highly anticipated follow-up to the award-winning Fisherman's Tale. This captivating adventure game takes players on a journey through a surreal world filled with imaginative locations and mind-bending puzzles. Gorn. The team here at Free Lives are excited to bring the frighteningly realistic depiction of gladiatorial combat to psvr2 just like with ancient romans would have wanted since we first started developing gorn we've added lots of new weapons foes and game modes for buddying gladiators to take down in the arena and we believe this is our best version yet gorn arrives on march 16th knock bow and arrow soccer knock the latest addition to the virtual reality gaming world combines the excitement of bow and arrow action with the thrill of high stakes soccer match players can skate and fly around a dynamic pitch using their bow and arrow to blast the ball into their opponent's goal. Hellsweeper VR. From the creators of Sirento VR and the publishers behind Arizona Sunshine comes a physics-defying Hellsweeper VR, an intense VR experience where earthly physics do not exist and gravity-defining movements become your new reality. Ragnarok. Not God of War Ragnarok. Ahoy Vikings, are you ready to rock? Ragnarok is a solo multiplayer VR rhythm game in which you play a Viking captain competing in a ship race through mythological environments using your two hammers, crush the incoming runes and sync with epic Viking music. Runner. Born out of love for the look and feel of late 1980s prestige anime, Runner is a visceral arcade experience that we are excited to release on PlayStation VR 2 on February the 22nd with platform-specific enhancements. That's dual sense, basically. Star tenders, intergalactic bartending. Dock your barship and serve up some wild creations in star tenders, intergalactic. Bartending featuring a fully voiced campaign, millions of drink combinations and daily leaderboard competitive modes. With its procedurally generated shifts, you will never know what you're going to rustle up. Sushi Ben. That sounds like something you would name a game. Sushi Ben is a VR narrative adventure where you must save a local sushi restaurant from going out of business, but it won't be easy. First, you'll need to meet the townspeople and help them out in order to earn their trust. Sushi Ben features colorful narrative encounters, beautiful 3D manga panels, and an anime-inspired art style. Swordsman VR. Swordsman is a realistic sword fighting game with historical factions and epic boss fights. 
experience visceral combat against armored physical simulated enemies that can parry, repost, and dodge your attacks. And finally, unplugged air guitar. Jump on stage in and live. Live out your rock star fantasy in unplugged air guitar arriving February 22nd for PSVR 2. Play air guitar to some of the biggest, most insanely cool songs from world famous rock bands, including Ozzy Osbourne, The Offspring and Weezer. Unplugged is all about making you feel like a rock legend. Don't want to go too much into the games, Alex, but it's just cool that more and more experiences and games are being made available for PSVR 2. And that obviously in the launch window now racks it up to 40. And I've been watching people play. And I tell you what, man, Tetris Effect looks absolutely insane (laughs) in PSVR 2. And I'm like, that's worth four, 540 pounds alone. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting my hands on it at some point. Um, But yeah, it's it's looking like uh, people are loving it. No, I was just... toying yesterday. I went onto PlayStation Direct and I put it into my cart and I was like, do I? Shall <laughs> I? That first day launch, I was like, do I? Do I? Is it available? I mean, are there any units available or they're all sold out? I mean, what's what's the reception been? Uh, so Sony are specific. They're being really strict. You can only buy it on PlayStation Direct and you have to log into your PlayStation account so they know that you have a PlayStation and everything and you can only buy one. I tried to add a second one. It says you can't. You can only oh. have one. Um, so you have to have a, a a live valid PlayStation Network account to buy one, and you can only buy one. But I have seen them on eBay already for like eight hundred, nine hundred pounds. Um, <laughs> but Sony, Sony are smart because you can still buy it on PlayStation Direct. Um, yeah. Because obviously they're only allowing one per person, and PlayStation Network accounts tied to it and stuff. But obviously people can still get away around it. But it's not going to be like PS Five because it's so expensive. So the attach rate uh, and the install base will be slow because yeah. it's so expensive. Um, yeah. But I tell you what, didn't move slow, Alex. Yeah. Number four. Number four, Elden Ring is back in the news again, ladies and gentlemen. It sold over 20 million copies in its first year. Jeez, that's amazing, man. 20 million copies. Bandai Namco is obviously very happy. And they also announced they combined the development capabilities of from software and the marketing power of Bandai Namco's entertainment's overseas network this title has been supported by fans since its release on the 25th um, of february 2022 and has shipped more than 20 million units worldwide to date on everything except for the switch i believe um it's also received various awards including game of the year at the game awards uh, 2022 the company would also like to thank everyone who's played the game from the bottom of their hearts and will continue to develop um the game in various ways for fans to enjoy the the world of Elden Ring in the future. I mean, they've just set themselves up with a beautiful game, a beautiful world, um, and a franchise which they can just take anywhere now, right? I mean, George R. R. Martin, his biggest work was up until this point, um, was it uh, Game of Thrones? But now it's Elden Ring. <laughs> you know, what I mean, now it's Elden Ring. It's got the same type of twists and turns. He's a quality writer, and I'm glad that this this first outing has has done so well. So, um, yeah, yeah, we're still waiting yeah. for that Ray Trace edition, though, right? That's what we're waiting for, that update. But I did say to you, Alex, remember when it started selling gangbusters, I said to you, before the first year is over, by the financial year, March 31st, it will sell 20 million units. And everyone was like, what? Yeah. What? I was like, trust me, it will. And it fucking has. And it has. It has. Yeah, yeah, really. In good. the words of a NBA, you know, I'm a clutch predictor. You know, what can <laughs> I say? Um, but yeah, congratulations, great game, 20 million sold. When you think Elden, it's not. Oh, it's not on Switch, is it? It's, it's on PS4 and it's on the previous generation, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, PS4. I think, 
everything but Switch. Yeah, I thought it was on everything. So yeah, PS4, blah, 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 blah. So if you've got Elden Ring, which is multi-platform, and it's past 20 million sold, and then you've got God of War Ragnarok, which is PS5, PS4, which was, what was it, at 11 million we spoke about the other week? Yeah, how about that? Um, yeah, Elden Ring, man. I think Harry Potter will outsell it. Yeah, yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it smashed its first like day one, not worldwide, but it smashed its first day in the UK. So I can't wait to see Harry Potter's numbers when Warner Brothers talk about it, man. Harry Potter's good. It's probably going to be. You think it's going to be better, bigger than um, Card this year? You know, in terms of sales figures, so you think Card's still going to take the uh, the crown? Because the Harry Potter um, is massive, and it's from what I'm hearing, it's sold out everywhere constantly. Yeah, I don't know. I think Harry Potter will be one of the best. This year's loaded, absolutely loaded. You know what I mean? Because we've, st- I think, because you got to remember, you got Hogwarts. I think Hogwarts will be the best selling game. I think it's going to sell even more mm-hmm. when it comes to PS4 and Switch, because the yeah. the amount, the audience of Harry Potter fans who don't have a PS5 or Xbox Series console yet, so it's going to mm-hmm. sell again. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's still number one, which Demi's going to go over and over the, over the detailed numbers in the chart. But the fact that it has it's done these numbers and it hasn't come to other platforms yet. When it hit, obviously we <laughs> we want to see what it looks like on Switch. We want to see how it runs on PS4 and stuff. But it's still going to sell millions of copies per platform. Regardless. So yeah, yeah, it's going to be massive. So I think I don't think COD will outsell it, but it depends on. I think if this Activision deal comes through, I think the the hardcoreest PlayStation fans will boycott COD out of protest because I think they're silly enough to do that. You know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But nah. <laughs> I tell you what, it's exciting. All I just have to say is that there's a brand new map, and then everyone's gonna go crazy again and just buy it <laughs> just because speaking, it's COD. <laughs> speaking of crazy. Hello, I'm Adam Hurry, host of a unique football podcast, one of the top 20 football podcasts in Guatemala, a cult football podcast. No, actually, it's one of the most important football podcasts. Football Clichés, a product of nearly 20 years of obsessive research, is a podcast about the mundane and magical depths of the language of football, the curious and sometimes almost subliminal things that define the way we consume the modern game. At what age is a player eligible to roll back the years? When does a club's highly rated conveyor belt of talent turn into a fabled production line? How many types of goal-scoring header are there in the footballing vocabulary? Football Clichés doesn't just leave no stone unturned. It looks at every single stone and wonders, what's the threshold for a stone to become a rock? But for football, obviously. Listen for your sins on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Google is changing the game by teaming up with The Athletic to double its coverage of women's sports in 2023. Through this sponsorship initiative, The Athletic will dedicate more staffing and resources to focus on women's professional sports, allowing them to cover not only essential in-season games and match highlights, but broaden their coverage to include more in-depth reporting and analysis of key moments in athletes. In the second series of the program, Journey to the Cup, follow along as the biggest stars on the pitch prepare for their moment to shine at the 2023 Women's World Cup. This sponsorship is the latest among Google's efforts to increase representation and coverage of women's sports. Google and The Athletic, changing the game. This is David Aldridge, With the highly competitive and exciting NBA season in full swing, there's no better time than now to subscribe and start listening to The Athletic NBA Show. From breaking NBA trade news to game analysis to the best interviews around the sport, we have you covered on the latest from the NBA. Plus, every morning you'll find the daily ding in your feed to catch you up on last night's action. 
So if you love the NBA, check out The Athletic NBA Show on your podcast platform of choice or listen ad-free on The Athletic app. Hello, everyone. I have a question for you. Did you know that we have a second PlayStation show called Latest PSX? No? Well, I have news for you. This show is exclusive to Patreon and we have new shows every single week. Over there, we deep dive into news topics, predict large shows, discuss sales numbers and much more. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, I highly suggest that you become a patron, support the show and gain access to latest PSX every week. Number five, and I'm so excited for this, Bloomhouse the TV and film production company behind movies like the recent Megan and Jordan Peele's iconic Get Out has announced the opening of a new gaming division called Bloomhouse Games. Oh, yes. This is the same guys that do The Conjuring. They do Insidious. They do The Nun. They, they love horror. Um, according to a report from GameIndustry.biz, the new branch of Bloomhouse will focus on working with indie developers to create new horror titles for mobile, console, and PC platforms. Veteran developer Zach Wood, who's worked across the industry as a producer on multiple titles like Unfinished Swan, Sound Shapes, and Twisted Metal, has been named the president of Bloomhouse Games. Joining him is Don Schler, who is coming to Bloomhouse Games after being the vice president of global head of business operations, planning, and strategy for PlayStation for three months short of a decade. Scheller will act as Bloomhouse Games' chief financial officer. There's been no details given on whether or not the new studio has any projects on the go, but Bloomhouse has confirmed it will keep an indie focus, defining that as titles which cost less than $10 million to make. This is a cool idea because they're gonna they're, they're great at horror. They're going to focus on horror. You don't need to spend crazy money to make it. De- I mean, just look at PT. That was a demo. You know what I mean? And look what it did. I mean, they can make horror games for less than $10 million and just scare the bejesus out of gamers. But it's cool because Bloomhouse has an amazing amazing track record at just ridiculous profits at the box office you know they make films that are like like megan cost 15 million dollars to make it's at almost 200 million worldwide you know what i mean things like that they make crazy halloween they bought halloween back and made mad profit the last film was shit but they still made crazy profit you know um that's the, thing with the, horror, the horror genre anyway, and it? it is just cheap, and it? it's just all it relies on heavily. Not really. It's got to be good though, man. It's got to be good because, like, if uh, you do... it doesn't have to be good. It just has nah, to have really like, good. I mean, I mean, if you look at Blair Witch, House... wasn't that great? <laughs> nah, but if you, yeah, but you know what it is when Blair Witch came out, it was different because horror films in that day and age was like Freddy and Nightmare and Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth and shit, and then Blair Witch changed it up and it exploded, and then it went back to normal. Then you had the teen horror slashers. And then you had paranormal activity, which changed it as well. And then and that was horror kind of, yeah, yeah. And then horror went into just like this phase of just like, yeah, this is how we do it. And then Jordan Peele was like, Oh, here's get out. You know what I mean? Which changed the game. And then here yeah, was, was like Bloomhouse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Bloomhouse were like, you know, here's we're gonna scare the crap out of you old school style with like um insidious and the conjuring and things like that. And people got back into horror and horror blew up again. But yeah, you're right. It is if you do it right, it's because there's a lot, you got to understand there's so many horror films that come out and they don't do well, but the ones that do really well get good word of mouth, like Smile, which I personally thought was crap, um, is a ridiculous success at the box office. A good one is uh, a black phone with Ethan Hawke in it. You know, it's Mm. just a, 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 horror film, but not scary, but is scary at the same time, you know, and it made crazy profit. 
because it was good. If it was bollocks, people would be like, yeah, it's not worth watching it. I think with horror film, if there was a genre that is really affected by Rotten Tomato scores and like media scores and like viewer scores, it's horror. If it's really bad, people just like, yeah, I can't be bothered. I'm not watching that if it's rubbish. I don't even know. Man. I think people, look at... people who love horror films will just watch it regardless because some people just want to scare, you know, and they don't even they don't even go to check out the ratings. They just go and check it out. But I think that's a good move for Blumhouse, though, because, you know, why not? It's a highly profitable genre. You know, you spend mm-hmm. like, what, 1% down, you know what I mean? You don't make, what, 100% plus back. And even on the, the, those films that do fail, uh, you know, um, chances are the next one that they'll make will actually be a phenomenal hit. I mean, you're talking about Megan, 12 million to make, 12 freaking million, and it walked away with what 171. Mm. You even yeah, watch it, it's really good. <laughs> nah, nah, well, not for me, you know what I mean? I need, I need a good fix. It's, it's, it's a poor, poor, poor one's Chucky, but what can you say? Um, but Alex. You got you got you got to hit magic at the box office. But speaking of yeah. magic, we're gonna go back to Harry Potter because some oh, magic yeah. figures have come out here, right? <laughs> Rollovers. Uh, okay, yeah. So Warner Brothers Games has revealed that Hogwarts Legacy players have logged two hundred and sixty-seven million hours since the game's launch on February the tenth. With the company saying it's very pleased with the game's launch. Speaking with Variety, David Haddad, president of at Warner Brothers Games, uh, commented, we are pleased with the initial launch and see a bright future for our platform um, launches. The player engagement is spectacular. And so far, we've tracked 152 million hours played, 170 million magical plants grown, and 150 million potions brewed, and get this, 556 million dark wizards defeated. Uh, and there's an update as well. Figures provided uh, the following Haddad's um, interview with 267 million hours played, as I mentioned earlier, three, 393 million magical plants grown, and 242 million potions brewed with 1.25 billion dark wizards defeated. So I guess a lot of people in the uh, wizarding world of Harry Potter are loving it right now. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, but this is it. Like we don't need to talk about it too much. But they just got the balance right. How you learn new spells, how you uh, you can go to um, Hogsmeade and buy new potions, or you can go to your herbs class and grow the plants and do it yourself. Do you know what I mean? So it gives you loads of options. If you just want to be fast, you can buy it. If you want the real experience and like build your potions and shit, you can do that as well which is cool. But all I can say on this is he said at the beginning of that story, um, he goes, we are very pleased with the initial launch and see a bright future. He should have said, we are very pleased with the initial launch and see a luminous future. You know what I mean? He should have used a word. He should have used it. He should have used it. But you know what I mean? It's one of them. Um, Okay. So that's all the news this week. Ladies and gentlemen, let's head over to Demi. She has all the details on how Harry Potter is getting on and the rest of the UK chart this week. It is time for the top 10 UK sales charts of the week. That sounds so weird that I didn't actually sing that that time. Anyway, okay, we don't actually have an honourable mention this week, so we're just going to jump straight into it as always. So at number 10 is Splatoon 3, with Animal Crossing New Horizons at number 9. Nintendo Switch Sports is at number 8, with Grand Theft Auto 5 at number 7. Minecraft is at number 6, with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 at number 5. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is at number 4, and God of War Ragnarok is at number 3, with sales down 33% this week. At number 2 is 
is FIFA 23 with sales down 13% and of course still at number one is Hogwarts Legacy so it has held the number one spot in the UK box charts despite a drop in sales of 66% in its second week. Now this is actually a relatively modest drop for a big game in its second week. Hogwarts Legacy had a very strong launch weekend and is comfortably the fastest selling Harry Potter game. When the digital data arrived at the end of last week it revealed that Hogwarts Legacy's launch was 88% bigger in the UK than the launch of last year's Elden Ring. Outside of Call of Duty and FIFA, it is the fastest selling video game since Red Dead Redemption 2. Hmm, let's see if we can keep up that number one spot for yet another week. Catch me next week for the update. Well, as we see there, Alex, uh, Harry Potter obviously still at number one. FIFA and God of War still battling it out in that top three as they always do. Mario Kart seems to have firmly positioned itself at number four grand theft auto 5 is back baby uh, it's only going it's still in there mate um lies. which is kind of cool fake news. but um listeners as we said at the top of the show so me and alex have been really ill this week and obviously there is a state of play today so everything's kind of getting juggled around and moved around so the plan is this episode for patreons will go live on thursday the Last of Us last, latest PSX episode will go live on Friday, as will our State of Play live reactions, which will go live on Friday. And then public access will be for everybody over the weekend. So with that being said, Alex, uh, any final comments for the episode this week? Um, yeah, a sub, 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 subs, and um, make sure you uh, like, share and subscribe. Just going to get that up a <laughs> While we're waiting for our is to try not to cough down the mics. But yeah, have a safe week, everybody, and we'll be seeing you tomorrow. And listeners, just remember, we're both dead this week, but we still bought you an episode, so feel free to send us 20 chicken nuggets via Uber Eats. Oh, yes. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night. Good night.